George Sedano, Tim Kalisha, David Dennis Jr., Frank Isola. When your top play is not SportsCenter's top play. Who they gonna have at one then? Let me see this. <laughs> Man, get the f. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, you're getting all the points. Let's go around the horn. Here, I'll give you points for Brandon Ayuk. That is a great. Send some more. Tony, I feel Ayuk's pain. It happens to me every time I'm on the show. I'm always like the runner-up, so I get it. Lions and Ravens players cleaning out the lockers today. The inches between that and the Super Bowl. The inches they needed are everywhere. You can feel that Dan Campbell quote about getting back in your bones, right? Let's take one more listen to this. I know how hard it is to get here. I'm well aware, and it'll be... It's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. News of the day from Detroit. Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, who was linked to maybe becoming Seattle's next head coach or Washington's next head coach, electing to stay as offensive coordinator in Detroit on Dan Campbell's staff. Defensive coordinator Michael McDonald. I'm going to be there for interviews with Seattle later this week. Tim Kalisha, around the horn to you on getting back. And between Detroit and Baltimore, who's more likely to get back? I think Dan Campbell's wrong. I think the Lions have a, a, a fairly comfortable road to getting back. It's not easy. It's never easy to get to a conference championship game. But when you look at the NFC compared to the AFC, most of the year it was San Francisco, Philadelphia, and heaven forbid Dallas seen as the top three teams. Mm-hmm. And next year, Philadelphia and Dallas are both going to be very hard-pressed to be as good as they were this year both with the players they're going to lose and, in the Cowboys' case, the first-place schedule that adds Houston, Baltimore, and Detroit to the schedule. Uh, and so I think San Francisco and Detroit go into the offseason as the two best teams, whereas the AFC, you've always got the Chiefs, and you got Buffalo, and you got other teams, and so many young quarterbacks. And Detroit has so many good young players. Penny Sewell, Laporta, Gibbs, Hutchinson, all those guys are 23 years mm-hmm. old or younger. They have a great young core. they got to keep golf on point, and they do that. Get more out of Jamison Williams. I think they're, I think they're going Shidano, places. Around the horn to you. Tony, I also think it's the Lions for the aforementioned reasons, AFC, NFC, all that. But the division, too. If you look at the division for Baltimore, uh, Cleveland is going to be good, obviously, next year, one would assume, based on the way their team is structured. Joe Burrow comes back next season. So it's more challenging for the Ravens for the aforementioned reasons. But for the Lions... They've done an incredible job of drafting, Tony. You look at their last three drafts, each draft has netted them at least five guys who play a big role on this team. And they don't have to pay all those guys for at least another year when you go back three years, and there's another several years that you have to pay the rest of those guys. And ultimately, when I look at the Lions, they have cap space too. Eighth most cap space in the league at over $58 million. So you couple that with the cheap labor, in theory, and all the cap space in a weaker conference and weaker division than the, NFC, than the AFC North, I like their chances better. Frank Isola. Yeah, the division is definitely weaker, but I'm going to say Baltimore for this reason, because it's always Baltimore. In a division where they have Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh always has a winning record, somehow Baltimore is always there. And what is the foundation of the Baltimore Ravens? It's defense and running. That will always be there for them. That's why that game hurt so much on Sunday. They had a chance. Their defense is holding Patrick Mahomes to 17 Mm -hmm. points, zero in the second half. But I have a lot of faith in that coach and the defense. Clearly, the quarterback has to play better in big moments, but they'll always be in position. Remember, they had home field advantage. 
Detroit eventually had to go on the road to play a championship game. A little bit different. David Dennis Jr. I'm going to agree with Frank here and go with Baltimore, but the, the, to me it's the definition of the word back. Back is getting to wherever Patrick Mahomes is because he is the annihilator of championship hopes. So they can get to wherever he is, that may, whether that's a conference championship or not, that's the hump that they have to get over. As far as, the, as far as the Lions, my concern here is all revolving around Jared Goff. He has a contract negotiation coming up. Uh, you know, we talked about how much cap space he has. How much of that is he going to eat up? And he has a fundamental Achilles heel in the fact that he cannot throw the ball under pressure. He has never been able to show that throughout his career. And on Sunday, he was 0 for 8 with zero yards when pressured. And that team overall was had 10 plays when he was under pressure and negative 13 yards. And that has followed him through his career. And they have to decide, are they going to you know give him a huge contract or start over with another quarterback? And that is a huge thing they have to figure out. One of the things I loved about Dan Campbell's quote was that he grounded everybody in a reality of the sport. And that can be used to motivate. But then there's also... The trauma of the way these two teams lost this week. And, Frank, another question. Who do you think it's a longer yeah. winter for, Dan Campbell or Lamar Jackson? Well, for Lamar, it's going to be rough from this standpoint. You, you, if you went into that game saying, we're going to hold Mahomes to 17 points, you have to find a way to win that. But I thought he was taken off the hook a little bit by Dan Campbell. I don't care what analytics there are, how much he went for on fourth down in week five. In that situation, right after San Francisco scored, you kick oh, a field goal to go back All up right. by 17. So this is the fourth down. The audacity, the audacity to sit there and say, we may never get back to that point. Yeah, Dan, you may never be up 14 points again in a conference championship game with a chance to okay. kick a field goal. You're cooking. That's I get it. Moment, you kick- Did you just put that on analytics, though? Do you view Dan Campbell as the analytics coach? Do you? Yes. So you thought yes, that because whole- he's hearing that. Well, you think the kneecaps is an that. analytical move as well? You, you think the way he coaches is that he goes on field? Tim Callishaw to you. I don't want to hear about coaches going on field, though. That's no better than the, the opposite. Uh, you know, I, I'll say this. I don't think it's a hard winter for Dan Campbell. Yeah, he'd like to have won that game, obviously, but he coached a hell of a game. He had that team ready to play. Lamar is, is a guy who now has two playoff wins, and people are looking at him sort of like they look at Dak here. When are you going to move beyond? Well, Dak hasn't even made the conference championship game. At least Lamar's done that. But quarterbacks are judged that way, and especially if he wins the MVP, which we all think that's going to feel pretty hollow when he couldn't get more than 10 points on the board. We've been horrible we'll move on. NBA now, Luka Doncic, only 45 points last night. That's a joke. What's well, also a joke to Mavs fans <laughs> is Doncic didn't win player of the week last week, the week he scored 73. What? Devin Booker did, who averaged a whole hum 42 for the week, which is to say scoring has been absurd in the NBA this season, the last month, the last two weeks. 73, 70, 62 is all over the place. George Sedano around the horn to you. Are those numbers still those numbers to you? Or does the NBA have a score problem? Tony, I do think the NBA has a scoring problem. I think that we've gone way too far in not letting defenses be able to play. I've talked to multiple coaches over the last several years, and these are guys who are defensive-type guys who have been deep in the playoffs and have won championships, and they've told me it is almost impossible to play defense in the NBA now because of the skill set of the players and, of course, the rule changes between the athleticism, the ability to shoot, and the way the rules are set up. It just is all out of whack right now. It feels like the arena league to the NFL back in the day. Right, guys, so the same question to you. Does the NBA have a scoring problem? 
Well, well, speaking of those analytic people, they tell you like we're dumb. You know, if you take more three-point shots, it's better. Yeah, but that doesn't make it more entertaining. Every team plays the same way. And I'll be this guy. Michael Jordan's third year in the league, he averaged 37 points a game. He made a total of 12 three-pointers. If he played today, he'd be easily over 40 points a game. You have to be able to play defense. I remember late 90s. I'll be that guy again. 24, straight, uh, 24 times the Knicks played the Heat in a playoff series over four, four years. I was at every one of those games. I don't care what the score was. Those games were exciting. It was intense. That's what people want to see. Not 147 like the Nets put up last night on the Utah Jazz, who basically laid down all game. It was terrible. Look at Frank Isola holding on to the pant leg of the 1990s NBA. I love it. <laughs> David Dennis Jr. Kind of true. <laughs> uh, f- fun fact, the first All-Star game of this century, the final score was 111 to 110, which would be a defensive <laughs> fight uh, in, in the wow, year 2024. Is that true? It an incredible thing. So yeah. you believe so, this is a problem, uh, you know, too, then? Yeah, but this is not necessarily an offense problem. It's a competitiveness and a regular season problem. One of the things that we have here is that teams, they don't get up and play defense against other teams. When they're down by 10, they just sort of punt and let teams score. And there's so many bad teams in the league. Look at who these scores were against. Embiid did this against a bad Spurs. Cat did it against a bad Hornets team. Luka against the Hawks. These are bad teams that this is happening to. But when the playoffs start, there's actually great defense that's being played. In the finals last year, the Heat Nuggets offensive rating was below 98, which would be below at the bottom of the league in the mid-90s. So these teams do know how to play defense. They just don't do it in the regular season because of the schedule. Good gal, let's show your view of it. Uh, just a message to Frank. He doesn't have to tell us, I'll be that guy. We know which guy <laughs> Frank is going to be after 700 shows. Now, as far as this, this goes, Frank actually got something right. Everybody plays the same way. Everybody plays the same style. Everybody shoots at least 33-point shots a game. Everybody runs about 50 pick-and-rolls a night. The games all look the same. There's some great talent, great superstar yep. players. Not all 30 teams have one. But uh, there's, there can be great moments, but every game All looks right. like the So same. you're going to be the one to tell Devin Booker or, or Luka Doncic that, that your 73 is in 73. And then allow Luka <laughs> to say you're 20. Right now, Tim Callis shows not 20. Scoring is too high on around the horn, too. But one more thing here. Jason Kidd said it today. He said he's better than Dirk. He's in the atmosphere of MJ, the best to ever do it. LeBron, Kobe, Jason Kidd on Luka Doncic. Tim this is your account. Is he better than Dirk and right there with MJ, LeBron, and Kobe? Well, he plays a position that's going to allow him to be better than Dirk statistically. Dirk was not a point guard. He was seven feet tall. Dirk reinvented uh, the role of the seven-footer, shooting three-pointers. And Dirk won a championship, which Luka is going to have to do at some point. He's only 24, so he's got lots of time. Dallas fans are just hoping that's lots of time in Dallas. We don't know that. I've actually had this conversation with Jason Kidd prior. Like, he's called him a prodigy, and he's not the only one that calls him a prodigy. So I I certainly think he's in that classification. Uh, Is he better than Dirk? I think he will be. Tony, look at it this way. In the last three games, he he has assisted or scored on 80 points nearly in the last three games. In the last six, he's had a 40-point triple-double. The only person to do that in NBA history is him. But you just told me the stats don't matter because of the way the game is being played now. Frank, I sold it to you. He just has to cut down the whining a little bit. His fitness needs to improve. He, overall, he's a better player. But, but he's got to cut point, down the whining. Oh, Dirk, that is rich. He does. Uh-huh. Jason Kidd said that, which I think why now Jason Kidd is stroking him a little bit. But to Tim's point, Dirk made it to two finals and won a championship, so he's got to get there. Mm-hmm. And David Dennis Jr. 
Let me do my Frank Isola impression. Back in my yeah, day, yeah. Michael Jordan had won an MVP by the time Luka, he was he had this many years in the league as Luka. And by this time, LeBron had been to the finals. There's a long way to go before you put him in that category. Jason Kidd is trying to, you know, he's hyping up his guy, but that's a little too George, far. George, I'll let you get back in. I need you to get pretty quick. If Luka wants to be in that particular group, Tony, the one thing he really needs to work on, defense. He needs to be a defender as well, like those guys were. All right, we're taking a break here. I love all our sponsors. I'm thankful for all our sponsors, but I am fully expecting John Deere to sign on now for tractors and lawnmowers <laughs> to get everybody off your lawn here. National panel, yes. we'll be back. Fire cell next. Get off my lawn. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. They're going to take calls on Andrew Wiggins, Chris Paul. You know, could they get interest even on a guy like Clay Thompson? Everyone is on the table except for Steph Curry. The Athletic Shams Charania on FanDuel's Run It Back. You all saw Steph's reaction to the loss to the Lakers this past weekend. David Dennis Jr., buy yourself Golden State, breaking up the team, trading Clay Thompson or Chris Paul. I'm selling. This is why I get all my uh, NBA insider information from, from Woj. I just do not see uh, a move that involves Clay or Draymond here because uh, that seems like a Warriors would have to get Stephen Curry to sign off on that. And I don't see him doing that. And far as far as, uh, you know, Wiggins, Chris Paul might be on the table in terms of relieving some cap room. But I just don't see a move for either of those guys that get them over the hump. They just need to play better or figure out something else to win these close games. But there's no trade uh, that, that's going to, you know, change things, you know, for them right now. Solo. This is why Bob Myers left the Warriors and went into TV and is going to help the commanders pick their head coach because these are tough decisions that they have to make. The big one here for me is going to be Draymond Green. I would not be shocked if something happens with Draymond Green between now and next Thursday's trade deadline. I don't mm. think it's going to happen to Clay Thompson, but something's okay, going here on we go. there. He wasn't with the team. He wasn't with the team when he was suspended. Could have worked out and didn't. Comes back, he needed an extra five days to get ready. Now he comes off the bench. I would not be shocked if he's on the move. George Sedano. 
Tony, I'm buying it because I do think that the window of opportunity for this particular group is probably near closing, if not closed. Yeah. So if you're Steph Curry, there is visible frustration from Steph Curry, not just that game against the Lakers. You saw it during the Lakers playoff series last year as well. And I think that perhaps he may start to think about what is next for his last chapter. Tim Callishaw. You know, two years ago, le you know, less than two years ago right now when they won the title and they had all those young players, we thought, this team is going to be great forever, and, and now it's time to uh, to dismantle them. And it probably is. And I know those guys have expiring contracts, but that's the only attraction to Chris Paul or Clay Thompson. Nobody's trading them, trading for them for their right. skills at this. Well, point. let's kick around Draymond Green then, Frank. You brought it up. I mean, there's value in, in a defensive player like Draymond at the trade deadline. What teams could be interested? I mean, it's, to me, it has to be a team that's ready-made to try to make a run at a championship. Remember one thing about Draymond Green. Makes really good decisions with the ball. He's a really good defensive player, and he has a winning pedigree. I don't think it's the craziest thing. I, I think it could happen. All right, but no team offered up there. George Sedano, you? I, I think if there's any team that would be interested, and this is me just speculating uh, a little bit, is the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Dallas Mavericks would be a great fit mm. for Draymond Green. And Tim Callishaw, you're in Dallas. Draymond's not going to have the ball in his hands if he's in Dallas. And, uh, and Luke and Kyrie are on the floor. So, uh, yeah, that would give him one defensive player. That would be a start. George, I think you're on to something there. We'll give some points to the guy not in Dallas for talking about Dallas. We'll move on. Buy or sell two, Kevin Durant. He said he doesn't deserve a tribute video from the Brooklyn Nets. Phoenix plays in Brooklyn tomorrow. He was asked this after a game. He also, of course, had an exchange with a fan on Twitter about it. But he also said he has no expectations, just wants to... Have fun and is looking forward to this game in Brooklyn for the fans who will be there. Frank, will you be there? Buy or sell a tribute video for Durant. Yeah. I'm going to be there. I think the media and the fans care way more about it than the players do. Kevin Durant, believe it or not, even though he has to be traded, actually left on pretty good terms. And go back to his press conference when he ended up in Phoenix. Now, Tuesday, Kyrie Irving comes to Brooklyn. I'm not so sure you're going to get a tribute video there. So, they have one tomorrow night for Durant, next Tuesday for Kyrie. Not so sure about George that. George Tony, I can't wait for the day Frank moves on and we get the Frank Isola tribute video, either with the Nets or perhaps here on around the horn. Soon. But I'm with KD. <laughs> We've jumped the shark on a lot of these tribute videos. If he doesn't want one, they shouldn't give him one. Tim Callister, you think he deserves one for the three years there? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, each NBA team gets like seven timeouts. There's a lot of time to kill in NBA <laughs> okay. games. Let's get some videos up on the board. And I like Kevin's answer. Uh, you know, it, it, he's absolutely right. He, uh, he doesn't feel like he accomplished what he went there to do. But, yeah, give him, give him a little bit. David Dennis Jr. Uh, of course he deserves one because everybody gets one. R.J. Hampton has gotten one. Damari Carroll has gotten one. Nobody even knows what teams gave them one, but they got them. Chuck Hayes got two tribute videos from the Houston Rockets. Everybody is getting tribute videos. So well, there's a lot of timeouts. And the toe away at, but, from the but championship is going to get thinking one. Thinking back on those four years, three years that he played there, David Dennis Jr., should the Nets be celebrating that, or should Durant be yes. acknowledging that? Yeah, they should. I mean, he, there were some injuries that derailed that team, but they did make a deep playoff run. He gave them some incredible moments while he was there, in spite of how it ended. Someone's saying retire his jersey or retire his shoe with the toe that was on the line. They're just saying, Jordan, turn my time out. You know, we'll play a video for him. Sedano and I told I feel like you guys need to have a conversation back there. Kalashaw, Dennis, showdown next.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Brandon Ayuk upset he's not the top play. Who the hell have that one yet? Let me see this Man, get the f- <laughs> Lamar Jackson's pass, which was batted and he caught himself, was won over Ayuk's game-changing catch off of a face mask. Tim, does Ayuk have beef with SportsCenter? Tremendous beef. The other one was a nice athletic move by Lamar, but it meant nothing. Ayuk's catch and then Gibbs' fumble a couple plays later, that changed the entire game and decided who's going to the Super Bowl. David Dennis Jr., does Ayuk have beef? Yeah, he has a beef, but as somebody who also lays in bed watching himself come in second place all the time on ESPN due to arbitrary decision-making, <laughs> here's some advice on how to handle it. You can eat a cinnamon roll, cry into your pillow, write in your journal, do the things that I do, and you can get over it. It'll be fine. But you agree he has beef. You're both right that he has beef, but David Dennis Jr., that was well He's right about the second place. With the second place. <laughs> All right, let's keep it even. Let's keep this interesting. The Steph Curry, Sabrina Ionescu three-point shootout. You've heard Curry talk it up. Now official. Came along very organically. David, must watch it. Who you got? Yeah, this is a must-watch. Shout-out to Steph Curry for organically coming up with this all on his own. I think the one thing that it does that's good for the All-Star Weekend is one-on-one competition. There's so much ego. People don't want to go one-on-one. I think it'll be it'll be good. I and I'm agree. saying I, UNESCO is going to win because last time I predicted something good for Steph Curry in this show, everything went bad for him. Tim Kalashaw. As the only one here who remembers the uh, Billie Jean King-Bobby Riggs match and how big we thought that was, if you just take these for what they are, just a fun little sideshow, and don't try to attach any significance to them. They're fun. I, you know, I, she can compete with him as long as she doesn't get nervous. She can hit a bunch of threes. I hope it's close. I hope What's it's wonderful in it, it, it's egoless, right? Nobody's worried about being embarrassed. They know it's just a fun game. They don't. The significance doesn't need to be the biggest thing in the world. I, I agree with you there, David Dennis Jr. You mentioned it. You predicted Steph Curry had locked up the MVP the third week of the season. And then you came to the set and you touched the mute button. And you haven't won in three months. But today, you break it. Wide open. FaceTime to David Dennis Jr. We did it, America. First, you know, I want to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. There's been a lot of talk that Taylor Swift 
should, you know, jump in and be part of Usher's show. That is absolutely ridiculous. I have no problem with Taylor Swift and the attention she's getting, but that show belongs to Usher Raymond IV, one of the great R&B singers of our time whose show in Vegas was incredible, and he deserves all the spotlight and all the mm. time for that halftime mm. show. It is going to be one of the best we've ever Tim seen. Tim Coucher, you don't look like you agree. Do you understand how much bigger Taylor Swift is than Usher? I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Wow. Just saying. Wow. What? Oh, before we go, I want to say thank you. Gracias, Miguel Lopez. Part of our support staff here. His last day here, the greatest baseball fan I've ever met. 30 hats, but never a Yankee hat. We'll see you tomorrow.